Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Debbie Desmond. So we're going to continue this week on the subject of um, will beauty change the world? Last week we started asking the question, do we need beauty in our lives? Um, You know, what value should we bestow on beauty in our lives? And you know, the first scripture we looked at was in Psalm 27.4, David saying, you know, we said, like, how, how would you prioritize beauty in your life? And we said, well, David said, one thing, he said, I asked of the Lord, the one thing that I seek above all else is this, that I may dwell in your presence all my days and gaze and contemplate on the beauty of the Lord. And um, I love the scripture because it really, I sort of feel the fact that David says it. This is this amazing mighty warrior who's killed the bears, killed the, the lion. This most amazing warrior, he's gone out to war. Like, I mean, he is not a, you know, is, it, it, for, we can see that this beauty is for a man that is incredibly courageous. He's got what the Bible calls, um, how many mighty men did he have? can't remember i think it was three key ones and then others underneath him so he was a mighty man of mighty men and yet he said one thing so like the thing that i seek above all else this amazing warrior the man that um the bible says was the man after god's own heart said that i may dwell above all else that i may dwell in your presence and gaze and contemplate your beauty. Think about that. Above all else, that I may dwell in your presence and gaze and contemplate your beauty. Obviously, he knew something about beauty. Um, C.S. Lewis once wrote this. He said, The sweetest thing in all my life has been the longing to find the place where all the beauty came from. Isn't that amazing? The sweetest thing in all my life has been the longing to find the place where all the beauty came from. He had a similar, that's just like Psalm 27 again, right? Um, I've been, like I said, I've been reading a book called Culture Care, And there was a quote that I just thought was amazing. Uh, It said, beauty is a gift we discover, receive, and steward. And I really like this concept of beauty is a gift that we discover. Because I don't think a lot of people have discovered it. I think David discovered it. Because sometimes we don't actually have a comprehension of what beauty is. Like we explored the different aspects of what beauty was. But that was like I told you last week. It was the tip of the tip of the iceberg of what beauty is. Um, But, you know, until you can say, like say C.S. Lewis or more particular David, like this is the one thing, then maybe you haven't discovered beauty you haven't unwrapped you haven't um discovered the fullness of beauty because obviously there's a lot more there for us but it's something to discover receive and steward 
for me, um, and I'll speak maybe a little bit more about this later, my husband helped me to discover beauty in my life. He, um, and, oh, you know... Well, I, you just need to look in the mirror, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll talk about that a bit more um, later. Um, and last week, we also looked at the fact that beauty has an effect on our lives, whether we realize it or not. No matter what's going on around us, beauty actually has an effect. And remember, I told you about that park um, that was all crime and everything, and they put just... Look, it's a little bit of, of beauty in it, and it changed the whole thing. No, no one was aware. No one in the community was aware, but the whole, the whole neighborhood changed by inserting a little bit of beauty. Beauty has an effect on our lives whether we, want, we acknowledge it or not, okay? Um, but in our world and the value system of the world, as I look at it, beauty is often seen as a optional extra. And I don't know about you, but that I know for me in my life, I'm often contending with that mindset as beauty is an optional extra in my life and inessential or unrequired, which in other words means it's not essential, which in other words means it's not that valuable. If you just, you know, actually take that to its end outcome. And the reason is, is like I can see it in my own life. I will often, you know, sort of things, it's like the last thing on the budget. It's the last thing I take time for. Like, you know, if I've got some extra time, like um, I remember, um, I, I like to bring this up, Karen was speaking about um, being outside and she took time to experience the grass under her feet, you know. Um, just the joy of that, whatever it might be. Because, you see, um, taking time to watch a sunset, it's like, you know, often it'll be like, well, if I have time, taking time to um, give someone some affection, a hug, well, you know, I, if I have time, you know, it's often it's considered an optional extra. Like we said last week, we said that, you know what, we don't actually need a lot of beauty to survive, but beauty, so to live, we don't need a lot of beauty, but to make life worth living, we need a lot of beauty, and the more you have of it, the more you will feel like your life is worth um, living. So, um, if we don't think that beauty is valuable, and we adopt this, well, as an optional extra, then what happens is that we won't waste our time or effort on it. You see what I'm saying? But now we are thinking like, oh, well, you know, maybe there's something in this because, you know, David said that. Hmm, maybe I should look into this and discover something more. See, with the Industrial Revolution, the world embraced reductionism. Modern people often equate progress with efficiency, efficient production and consumption. Even people in our world become resources, right? Um, so we often will not value a bouquet of flowers or stop and see a sunset or, you know, stop for an act of kindness. Like, oh, I, I don't really have time to do that today. Um, whatever it m- might be, because it doesn't contribute to the production, 
in our lives. You know what I'm saying? Beauty is only valuable in this world often if it adds to our market success, wherever that market success might be for you. So it only is valuable if it adds to our market success. So um, it's commoditized. So beauty in our world is not valuable in and of itself, but only where where it is commoditized. If you think about it, where it provides like, you know, power dressing, <laughs> you know, people look good, but the reason why they're doing it is so that they can get power. So it's whether it provides finances in your life or gets you ahead, whether it provides market success, whether it be in your social circle or where at work or the commodity that you're providing. You're only going to put so as much beauty into it as you will get out market success at the end of the day. So this is how many people live their lives in the culture that we live in, sort of like um, a mathematical equation, I like to think of it. What you need to put in on this side is the desired result on that side. So we live our lives, put this, this, and this in, and we'll get that, that, and that out. And we live our lives like this mathematical problem that needs to be solved instead of living our lives like a masterpiece in the making. And there's a very different way that you will live your life if you have, if you live your life like a problem to be solved as to I'm a masterpiece in the making, very different mindsets. And um, this reminds me of the relation, just the whole thing between religion and relationship. There's a difference. And it's the same sort of thing again, religion and relationship. I think of, immediately think of Genesis 3, where you have the two trees in the garden. And really it was the, the two choices that Adam and Eve had They made the wrong choice. And I believe we still have every moment of our day which choice we're going to make. The one is representative of self-effort. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then I will be like God. Okay? Self-effort, something that you work for. You're going to make your life good and great. Okay? The other one, the other tree was the tree of life, and that represented a gift. So the one was what you had to work out. The other one, it's the next door neighbor. The, was the, one, the one you had to work out, the other one was a gift that you received. So the one was based purely on principles. And even in Christianity, we've got lots of biblical Principles. We can put all the biblical principles to work in our lives, good, but without the life of God and relationship with God, that's all they are. It's religion, right? But we otherwise can receive the gift of God, a gift. And that re- requires relationship and trust. It's something that you don't have control of. It's not an equation. It's a gift. And if we reduce our life to a commodity or a transaction, something we work out, that's really what religion is. And it's not beautiful. It's just sort of more utilitarian. (laughs) And it can't truly satisfy you. We can either 
live this life where we make our lives, we keep ourselves alive, and that's what the worldly system is. Or we can receive a gift from a supernatural God. And you know what? This is one thing that um, I've, uh, you know, reading and thinking and contemplating beauty that I've realized is that beauty is a gift. It cannot, it, it really is a gift. And to be able to experience beauty in your life, you have to have, um, um, you cannot live a beautiful life without being generous. If you want a beautiful life, I tell you, you will not have it without being generous because first and foremostly, you need to know that it is a gift. It's a gift. Like we spoke last week, we said ultimate beauty is God and who he is. Ultimately, God is a gift that he gives, he gives himself to us. And to have a beautiful life, you will have to give up a scarcity mindset and a utilitarian approach that sort of market success. You have to be able to give that up. It's hard in the, in the world um, that we live in because everything is programmed in our culture to, like, you know, this, this making it efficient. So, like, I haven't got time for that because this is ultimately, no, you see, that beauty in and of itself is valuable in your life, whether you realize it or not. And so we have to live and appreciate life as a gift, not something we're working out. If we have this mentality that it's something we're working out, we will never put um, beauty in it. If it's a, uh, we see that life is a gift that we have been given, then we will appreciate it together with the beauty that's uh, the gift of beauty that's been given, which is in and in that remember we said you know beauty is love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control that sort of is a sort of sum up it's not the only thing remember we went through all the different things that it can be but those are the things that really make life worth living and what are they what are those it's the fruit of the spirit it's and the spirit, the Bible says, is a gift. We have to appreciate those things and the gifts. And I don't know about you, but you actually, to if someone is giving me a gift, I have to take it. I have to make time to receive it. And I want to tell you that you, in your life, God, I mean, even every morning there's a beautiful sunset. Sunrise. I mean, a sunrise. Every evening there's a beautiful sunset. There is, there is the gift. I mean, I, I actually thought about it. I thought, wow, God is incredibly generous in our world with the beauty that he puts all around us. In Cape Town, we really have it in loads, you know. But he's so generous. He doesn't, we don't actually need, in a sense, to survive. But he's like so generous with his beauty. And he's actually generous with that all the time in our lives. But you see... If you don't realize what we're talking about here, you won't actually take the time to actually receive those gifts of beauty in your life because you think you have to make your life. That is not a gift given to you, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, 
You know, we've gone to Europe overseas, often to minister, and if you go to Europe, you, know, you, might, you have to go to a cathedral and just stand in amazement at the beauty. And, you know, um, often we just think, like, how long um, they took, they took generations to make those beautiful cathedrals. Now, these days, you can see how life has changed. Because now it's like, just get a warehouse, guys. You can worship in a warehouse. Which is true. <laughs> it's not like you can't worship in a warehouse. But the question is, what are you wanting your life to look like? Are you wanting to, to look like a cathedral? Or are you wanting to look like a, a warehouse? Because really, and, and it really depends on your mindset. Because we're not talking about, we're not talking about wealth. Um, in the sense of what you can buy with wealth to make your life beautiful. Because that is, um, everyone can have beauty. It doesn't, isn't determined by money. But those people had a value for, for beauty because they knew that if someone walked in, whoever was in that community walked into the cathedral, basically, it led them into the presence of a God who was truly beautiful. And, um, and I thought about that. So, you know what the Bible says about us? We are temples of the Holy Spirit. Um, he did not, the Bible says he didn't make the moon and the stars. Um, he didn't make the beautiful mountains, the majestic mountains. The, any, he didn't, the Bible says he didn't make them in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. The God who is ultimate beauty. I like what St. Gregory of Nyssa, it was a, he's an ancient church father, said, you alone are an icon of eternal beauty. And if you look at him, you will become what he is, imitating him who shines within you. To be created in God's image is to be created in the image of beauty. To be holy as he is holy is to be beautiful. To live in Christ is to abide in beauty. I love that. Oh, I love that. To live in Christ is to abide in beauty. You know, I think of, um, and you know, just as we go into, and the, the people of that time went into those cathedrals, and you look at the beauty, and immediately you lift your eyes up to the, the, the scenes, and something inside of you says this is beauty. Um, and, and you're in awe, and it opens you up to the God who you're going to be worshipping in that place who is beautiful, right? Now, we, as temples of the Holy Spirit, should have that effect on the people around us. Our lives should be beautiful like that so that people will be able to say, wow, and it draws them to God. I think of Solomon. The Queen of Sheba came to Solomon, and she was so impressed with the way he decked out his tables with the way his palace was arranged. She was so impressed with the way he um, dressed the people who served him. She was impressed with all the way he ordered things and the, the beauty that he surrounded himself with, to the point where she actually converted to Judaism. And we heard last week about Dostoevsky, how the whole Russian Empire, because they went around looking at all the different religions, and because they saw the beauty in the Christian religion, they decided that was going to be the religion for them. You know, 
Um, I also think of um, Bezalel. He was, a, he was a man that the Bible speaks of was the first man the Bible says was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the first mention in the Old Testament, filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled to give him skill to make all the beautiful things of the temple. And um, in Isaiah 61, it says that Jesus was anointed. He said, I, uh, he quotes it in the New Testament, I am anointed. And it carries all the things he's anointed and said, and to um, bring beauty for ashes. Mm. There's that anointing. That, that's an anointing of the Holy Spirit to make beautiful. We all have it within us to make it beautiful. So that when people come, because you see the thing is, you cannot come into the presence of God without coming into his beauty. That's why those things were the same. It says, what, David said one thing, that I may dwell in your presence and gaze on your beauty. Because those things cannot be separated. He is beauty, and like we saw last week, he is the source of all beauty. They cannot be separated. So Christ in us, actually, there's an anointing in us to make beautiful. To make beautiful in our lives. Um, I love um, this quote from Forrest Fryer. She said, beauty must be our principle in life. Beauty, uh, that beauty is not a perception, an influence to be found outside of us. It is a principle which must characterize the way we do everything. Everything we do must be done in beauty and grace. Everything we do, even digging a ditch or scrubbing the floor, must be done in beauty. When I read this, I thought, wow, this is such a challenge for me, um, an inspiring one. I was like, how do I live my life by this principle of beauty that everything I do, I do beautifully? And that do I, can I value it enough to put the time and effort um, into it? Because I realized that you have to live by a completely different value system to the world. God's values, the greatest thing in God's value system is love. How do I live my life by you know, everything I do is in love. That's, that's one beautiful aspect, but there's many. I remember I, worked, I was reading my Bible one day, and I've, I've often done Bible studies on pa- patience, and they've all been really good, and I've got revelation. But this time, I read something about patience, and I didn't even, it wasn't even anything related to the verse, but God just dropped this concept of patience, and, and I suddenly had this incredible value for patience, which is one of the beautiful things about who God is. And I, I suddenly um, realized, what, how, living my life with patience, how amazing and beautiful that is. And I'll explain it like this. You know, you can have a quick microwave meal. You can buy a quick microwave meal. You get it out the freezer. You put it in the microwave, two minutes, it's there in its little shiny container in front of you. You take, sometimes it even comes with a nice plastic fork, and you can quickly eat it. Listen, you can have supper done in five minutes. Quick sticks, efficient. I've got that done, I can get on with other things. That is, you know, and listen, that's a lot of our life, not just our eating, but our life is done like that. But... Think about this. Now you come home. You maybe have to take a lot longer to make a really nice meal. And I don't know about you, but I know that some meals 
for them to, you know, to cook in their juices and those really amazing meals. They take sometimes three hours, four hours. Sometimes if you cook or you roast something for a whole day, it's even better. How many of you know that, right? And the, 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 the time and the value that you put into something. You set the table nicely. And, you put, and then you put that food down there. Now, the whole process can be enjoyable as well as you eating. That food's going to be a lot more enjoyable. You can do a couple of microwave meals, right? But there's a whole other experience to the other way, right? And I thought about, if you, you know, some things are worth the time and the energy, the patience to get there. I was thinking about a, um, a, work, like a woodwork project. Like say, let's say a man was going to make a headboard and he put hours into carving out that headboard, right? If, say, my dad does woodwork, if he, say, did that and he put the hours in, it would be beautiful and it would be probably something that we would keep and hand down to our children, but if he decided, you know, I'll just quickly knock something together, put two planks together, and it was like, you know, that pressed wood, and, you know, and it was just... And, you know, after a while, I think, well, actually, it's not really... Nah, I don't think so. I'll just throw that out, get a new one. That's often... And, and God said to me, sometimes, Debbie, you think it's better to have things done quickly, but sometimes the value and the quality of putting a bit of patience into something makes it so much more valuable at the time. That's what makes our life beautiful. But we have to have the value for it, right? Um, I'm going to end with this. Um, the truth about God is intuitive. So in other words, we see God, like Romans says, the truth of God is plain to see. Everyone intuitively knows God. They choose to reject it. Basically, that's what Romans says. They, they, God's, the truth by God's plainly see, and they choose to reject it, right? Because something inside of us, when we experience God, there's something in, made within us that recognizes it inside of us, and we'll say it's God. Well, beauty is exactly the same. It cannot be recognized in reason-wise. There's no time that you look at something and you think... Now, that is beautiful. And you go through these, this, this reason um, thing. of The reason why that is beautiful, and you've made the columns and everything, and you've come to the conclusion that is beautiful. Re- beauty doesn't work like that if you go and study it. Beauty is like you see something, and there's something inside of you that recognizes it, and you know it's beautiful. And I think it's because... God is beautiful. So when you see beauty, you see God, and it's the same part of you that recognizes um, that beauty. Um, Beauty bypasses our will and our reasoning facilities. It cares little for arguments and commands. It cuts to the heart and intuitively moves us in the deepest parts of our beings. Um, You know, I think of when you see a picture that saying that says, a beautiful picture, beauty speaks a thousand words. Just in one moment, it said something to you, you know. Um, Beauty speaks a thousand words, and it reveals something of God. And that's why I believe that God, firstly, wants us to value beauty because it is firstly valuable, because he is valuable. 
But the secondary value of beauty is the effect that it has on our lives, like we spoke about last week, but also now today, is the effect that it has on other people. If we live our lives beautifully, as we were created to be, in the image of God, other people will see it. We won't have to reason with other people. They will see beautiful, like, and be attracted to that. And people will come to that. The Bible says that his glory in, in Isaiah 60, his glory will rise upon you and kings will come. Influential people will come to the brightness of his dawning in you. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of who you are and for the gift of beauty. Father, we just ask that you would expand our hearts to live generously, to receive this gift of beauty. We ask this morning that you would help us to fully discover the beauty and the gift that beauty is in our lives, your presence, and how it makes beautiful our lives and to really not only to value it with our minds but actually truly value it so that truly we are raised above the culture that we live in and we could be raised up in your presence to reflect your beauty to a world that is dying um, a world that needs your presence and your beauty we ask that you would Cause us to discover it and to receive it. Make time to receive it in our lives. And also that you would give us the ability to steward it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Debbie Desmond. For more information, please visit nigeldebbie.org.